Thank you for joining us for the Local Church Podcast. At Local Church, we value each person's unique experience with faith and hope this message impacts you today. Well, welcome everybody to week five of our discipleship series, Dusty Christians. I hope that you've been enjoying it. I certainly have been enjoying the series. Um, I know that for the first few weeks, it was kind of like, laying out what this was all about and over the last few weeks we've been really diving into it and I'm excited to uh, be a part of this series and to be preaching this message for you today. So if you have got your Bibles we're going to dive straight into scripture and then we're going to get into it. Uh, we are going to the very beginning today. Would you come with me to Genesis 1 verse 1 to 2. It says this, I'm sure many of us already know it. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. I'd also like to jump to John 14, 16 to 17. It says this, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper, to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it never sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Let's pray and then get into this message today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, would you come and speak today? Would you come and have your way? Father, would you speak through um, these words? Would you speak through this message? Lord, you know where all of us are at in terms of our relationship with the Holy Spirit and our discipleship journey. And so God, we just ask that you would come and speak in only the way that you can, that you would bring uh, a word for every single one of us. We love you, God. We thank you that you are building your church. We thank you for this series uh, this Dusty Christian series that is helping us as people continue to um, grow in our relationship with you, continue to learn, continue to walk with you. And so God, we just thank you today. Would you come and move in the homes of every person who is tuned in, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Today, um, our team and, and myself and Levi have actually entitled this message, Help. I'm a Christian. Help, I'm a Christian. As we were brainstorming and talking through this discipleship series, one of the things that came up was the very real understanding uh, that we need help, that we need help on this discipleship journey. On the dis discipleship journey, we need help. But the great news is, is that we do have help. We have help. And that is the help of the Holy Spirit. To get started with this message today, I've got to take you back about 20 years to the time where I guess I met the Holy Spirit for myself. Uh, years ago, I moved in with my brother, my older brother. I was 13 years old, left um, living with my mom and moved in with him and him and his family were a Christian family and that is how I came to know the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I moved in, I was 13 years old, started going along to their church and um, sometimes, you know, details that far back are a bit hazy, but I believe I became a Christian around 
14, got baptized when I was 15. But I'll never forget this moment. And, you know, life has these moments where you can't necessarily remember the intricate details of them, but there are, there are things about it that stand out. And this moment for me is a moment that I will never forget. At the time we were living in this house, it was kind of random, honestly. It, it actually was kind of random. We were living in this house, which was called the big house because it was a big house. And uh, there were a whole bunch of families from a local Baptist church who lived there. And the house sat in the middle of a school. So if I was to go and hang out outside in the weekend, I'd be hanging out in the schoolyard. And the school was this tiny little Christian school uh, that both Jaden, who is now here on staff with us here in Canada, and my other nephew, Gowan, uh, both of them went along to that school. I myself was in high school at the time. And I'll never forget it. It was the weekend and I was sitting outside in the schoolyard. Obviously, no other kids were there. And I was just writing to God. When I became a Christian, I really had a zeal for God's house. I really had a zeal for his presence, for his word. I, I wanted to read my Bible all the time. I had one of those classic like student Bibles that had little um, stories in it that were kind of like, oh, you know, Jessica is friends with so-and-so and she's feeling a bit um, upset about this. And so what can we do as Christians? It was actually really cool. And I just devoured it. I remembered looking through it. I decorated it. I just thought it was awesome. But I love spending time learning about God. But I probably yet to get to that point where I really understood um, the person of the Holy Spirit. And so I found myself sitting there and I was writing to God and I was just so grateful to God. I was grateful because I learned that I had a father who was up in heaven and that just brought me an immense amount of joy and security and um, the feeling that I felt of being loved by the creator of the world was, was pretty unbelievable. And I found myself sitting, but in this moment, um, as it can be with God sometimes, a lot of the time, we find healing in his presence, but then he reveals things in our hearts that need continual healing. And so I found myself in a moment where I was writing to God, just so joyful and thankful. But then I started feeling a deep sense of loneliness. I remember sitting there as a 14-year-old girl and I had left living with my mum. I now lived with this new family. I didn't really know my older brother. I didn't know um, my nephews. I didn't really know my sister-in-law. It felt like being just lifted up and kind of just dropped into a new family. That really was what it was like. And I felt so alone. And in this moment, as I was thanking God for him being my father in heaven, I had this, this, this thought or this feeling come to me of um, feeling deeply alone, sitting there on the field that day thinking, man, it's just me. Why do I feel so lonely? Why am I so alone? And in that moment, I'll never forget it, this feeling of a presence, an overwhelming presence of God coming and meeting with me in that moment and bringing like a deep comfort, like a, like a hug right from heaven, meeting with me and providing me with that sense as though oh, God doesn't just live in heaven. He is right here with me. And I can't recall whether I wrote the words down 
or whether I whispered them out loud, but the moment was so real to me and so profound that I remember either writing or, or saying out loud in a whisper, it's nice to meet you, Holy Spirit. And that feeling, that presence, that, that sense like he was with me, that I wasn't alone, even as a 14-year-old girl who was in a new family, just trying to figure out new friends, new life. In that moment, God, his manifest presence came and met with me. And so today, I want to do my very best to give you a basic, I mean, how, how much can you really say in one message when it comes to the Holy Spirit? There is so much to say about the Holy Spirit, and we are going to be doing a series on Him later on in the year. But today, I want to do my best to share some thoughts with you around this friend that I met, this, this God Spirit that I met that day who has never left me who has always been with me. In that moment, I mean, I get a bit emotional because it was just such a profound and real moment for me. And that sense like God is there in that place with me. I wanna share with you today who the Holy Spirit is. And today I wanna give a very basic teaching on pneumatology, which is the theology of the Holy Spirit. Pneuma meaning breath breath of life, wind, the breath of God, for that is what he is. Numa in the Hebrew is a word ruach, or if you want to pronounce it properly, uh, ruach, uh, ruach. I'm not going to do that today. But ruach, breath, the idea of giving life, Job 33 verse 1 says, the spirit of God has made me the breath of the Almighty gives me life. Breath, here in the book of Job, translating again to Ruach. The same Ruach in the creation story that we just read out where the Spirit of God is hovering over the waters is the same Ruach here in the scripture. And it's so important for us to understand and know the Holy Spirit or the Ruach of God or wind, spirit, breath, because in order to become a disciple of Jesus and to stay on the road of discipleship, a relationship and an understanding of this Holy Spirit person and receiving his help is not just a good idea. It's not just a one, two, three, then you'll be you. Like this is really, really important. In fact, it's imperative. So I think the best place for us to start is in the beginning. It's in the beginning. A very important part of any biblical study is the law of first mention, when something is first discussed or brought into the story or um, has arrived in the narrative, shows up or is mentioned. And in Genesis 1, our very first scripture today, 1, 1 to 2, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Isn't it incredible that right at the beginning in these first few lines, we are introduced to the spirit of God. We are introduced to Ruach. We are introduced to the Holy Spirit. And I think that it's really important for us to note 
what it was that he was doing. The law of first mention, what was he doing? What was this ruach? What was this Holy Spirit doing in this moment of time where the creation is taking place and we are introduced to him at the very start of God's word? Because it's interesting to note that he's not described as pouring out. He's not even described as filling up. He's not even described as moving. These are all words that we use and the accurate words that we use to describe the Holy Spirit, whether it be through song or through preaching or sitting down and teaching with someone. We say things like the Holy Spirit is pouring out. We say he's going to fill you up. We say that the Holy Spirit is moving. But here in the law of first mention, right at the beginning when we are introduced to Ruach, guess what he was doing? Well, you don't need to guess because I read it out. He was hovering, hovering, or in Kiwi, hovering, or in Canadian, hovering. He was hovering, which brings me to my first thought for us today about the Holy Spirit, this pneumatology of teaching us about him. My first thought for us is that he hovers. He hovers. Probably not what you were expecting today, but let me jump into it a bit. Do any of you know hoverers? Hoverers, like people who hover. I know hoverers. I know a bunch of them. Ryder is not one of them. <laughs> Mika probably is. But Ryder has got a buddy who is over at our house fairly regularly and is genuinely one of the most ultimate hoverers. Like, he's the guy who shows up at the front door. And I'll be like, hey, man, like, Ryder hasn't got back from school yet, but do you want to come in? And he will be like, oh, okay. But he, ho like, there's no response. He's just hovering at the door. <laughs> so then I'm like, hey, do you want to come in until he arrives? And he'll be like, okay. And so then he comes in, but then he kind of, like, like keeps a bit of distance, but kind of follows me around the house not engaging in any kind of conversation, just kind of hovering. He is the ultimate hoverer. I've never seen anything like it, except for maybe in church circumstances. There are hoverers. And listen, if you listen to this and you're like, man, I think that might be me. Hey, you're welcome. This is helping you with your um, personal understanding of like how to have a conversation. At church, there are hoverers. Uh, that, that wait and linger and you think the conversation's over and as a pastor I don't want to exit out too quick because I'm like okay maybe there's something but there's nothing there's, I'm not sure exactly what is happening um, I've been introduced to this new thing since coming to Canada and that is door hoverers like we have people over obviously fairly regularly and We'll got to say goodbye, and this is a new thing for me. I've never experienced it. Maybe I need to embrace it, uh, and we'll get to the door. I reckon sometimes we say goodbye like five or six or seven times, and I don't know why, but they, they're not leaving, but we've said goodbye, but they, they linger and hover, and I'm not too sure what they think is happening next. So I'm just waiting for, for them to be like, okay, see you later, and off they go. But that's not what happens here. Hoverers, 
There are people in our world who are hot. The other day, okay, I went to Aritzia for the first time. Um, you know, great. It was great. It did not buy anything. But I went in there. What a great store. However, the people who work there ask your name. And then they like hover and talk to you as if they're your friend. They, they use your first name like, hey, Nadia, so I noticed that you're looking. And I'm like, I don't. I don't want you hovering around me. Like, this is super awkward. Hoverers. There are hoverers in our life. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is like that, but in a good way. Don't worry, Holy Spirit. I love you. You're like my best friend, my guy. I'm not going to, I'll clarify this, bring it back. The Holy Spirit is like that hovering, but in a good way. And he is always hovering hanging about, lingering, tagging along. But the beauty of this hovering friend is that he isn't an awkward hoverer anticipating nothing. He is hovering, expectant to turn chaos into order, death into life, confusion into clarity. Think about the Ruach hovering over the waters, ready to bring order to chaos, ready to bring light into the darkness. Then think about when God breathes into the nostrils of Adam. He creates Adam and then you get this sense, this picture like he's hovering over Adam and it says that he breathes a breath into the nostrils. That word breath is ruach the same breath that was breathed into Adam to bring life to his lifeless body was the same ruach that hovered over the waters. Think about when the Holy Spirit descended like a dove over Jesus as he rose from the waters of baptism. It says like a dove, it descended like a dove. That, that same spirit is the Holy Spirit descending, coming down, hovering as it did in the beginning. Think about the day of Pentecost. How was the Holy Spirit described? Tongues of fire, yes, but what were the tongues of fire doing? They rested upon the heads of the disciples. They, it was like a tongue of fire hovering over each individual's, uh, individual right throughout scripture, we get this picture of Ruach hovering, ready to do something great, expectant, ready to comfort the same Ruach that was at the beginning hovering over the waters, ready to do something great, the same Ruach that was the actual breath that entered Adam, the same Ruach that descended like a dove, the same Ruach that was on the heads as a, as a tongue on the disciples is the same Ruach today that hovers over my life, that hovers over your life, that is ready to turn our mess into something good that is ready to come into our lives and do something wonderful like I was when I was a 14-year-old girl, the same Ruach who met me in that moment and brought comfort and kindness is the same Ruach today. He is incredible. Throughout human history, we have done our best to describe the indescribable. We can't fully describe the Holy Spirit. We can't fully describe this Ruach. 
He is indescribable. And, and so we've, we've found that so many people don't quite know. They don't know how to talk about him. They don't know how to interact with him. And that's okay. But we just need to understand he's indescribable. There's a great word that Bishop T.D. Jakes uses when it comes to trying to describe the Holy Spirit, and that is anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Using understandable words. It's, it, it's like us trying our best to explain the unexplainable. That's what we do with the Holy Spirit. We try to um, to, to figure out a way of describing him that we are going to understand because he is not human, he is not us, and we do our very best. But the Holy Spirit, there, there, there's nothing that compares. There are no comparables with the Holy Spirit. There are comparisons, but there are no comparables. And so we use these words to best describe what's happening, things like hovering over, resting on, descending like a dove. And I love what T.D. says. He says, T.D., I say that like he's my buddy. I love what Bishop T.D. Jake says. This hovering speaks of a God spirit that is intimately involved. A God spirit intimately involved, abiding over that which has been created and formed. What an awesome picture. An intimate connect between the human and the divine between the created and the creator. From this, we can perhaps start to put together a picture because words don't quite measure up, but a, a picture of who God is by his spirit and that it hovers over our mess looking to clean up shop. It hovers over our chaos looking to bring order it rests on us like a dove as I felt that day as a young girl desiring to bring comfort, peace, and encouragement. It rests on our heads like it did on the day uh, of Pentecost, ready to empower us. The Holy Spirit hovers, and it hovers over you, and it hovers over me. And that same Holy Spirit, that same Ruach, who was there in the very beginning is the same Ruach that is there with you right now. It's the same Ruach that hovers over me today as I preach, ready to do something with your life, ready to edify and build you up, ready to encourage, full of miraculous power, abundant in comfort. So on your journey, understand, on this journey of discipleship, becoming dusty Christians, we need help. And we have help. He is ready. He is hovering. He is walking with you. But it is no mere mortal hoverer that is irritating you. He is our holy hoverer, ready to do something, always with us. The second thought I have for us in this basic pneumatology today is that he reveals Really important for us to understand why he is here. Yes, he is here ready to do something, hovering over our lives, but we need to understand that the Holy Spirit, he reveals. And man, we need someone who's going to help us reveal truth. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. 
and he reveals the lies of the enemy that are at work in our lives. The book Live No Lies is an incredible book and really it's about understanding how the enemy works and how God works in this earth. The spirit of God is truth and the spirit of the enemy is lies. It brings lies. He has a lying spirit causing us to believe lies and then of course to live those lies. First John 4, 6 says, we are from God. Um, whoever knows God listens to us, listens to his word. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. First Corinthians 2, 9 to 10 says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love him. These are the things God has revealed, revealed to us by his spirit. The spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. John 16 verse 13 says, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. I'll read that again. When the spirit of truth comes, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He is here to help us figure out this world that we are living in. We need the Holy Spirit to reveal to us what is true, to reveal to us the lies that have found a root in our hearts, in our minds, and that are causing us to live out these lies. And that cannot just be done through being smart. It cannot be done through simply reading books, even through being a biblical theologian. Listen, we all need his spirit and his spirit is going to be that which guides us in the middle of the chaos, in the middle of the lies that are constantly coming our way. That is what is going to guide us to truth. He hovers ready to do something great, but he reveals and man, we need that in this day and age. We need his spirit. I love what um, <clears throat> John Finocchio, Pastor John Finocchio said, about um, about the things of the spirit. He said the academic pastoral mind doesn't desire speaking in tongues because it is not going to help his understanding. Not recognizing that the spirit of a man needs building at least as much as his mind needs to be informed. Yes, we need to read our word. That's at, you know, we should all know that. We need to be reading books that are confirming um, uh, proper theology. We need to be learning about ourselves. We need to be um, asking our friends, hey, what are my blind spots? We need to be in community, all of those things. But man, we need the Spirit. We need His presence. We need the Holy Spirit who guides us to truth. We all know a lot of smart people who believe a lot of rubbish. The Spirit is what leads us to truth. Because as John Mark Comer puts it in his book, Live No Lies, 
He says, lies distort our souls and drive us into ruin. But you and I, we are sons and daughters of the Most High God. And we have a Ruach Hakodesh, the Holy Spirit, or Ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God, as our revealer who leads us to truth. Romans 8.14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In order for us to be sons of God, we need to be led by the Spirit of God. In a world full of lies, we need Ruach HaKodesh. We need the Holy Spirit, the Havra, to lead, to guide, and to reveal. Don't get caught up in a world that's obsessed with knowledge. You can know a lot and still not be wise. Don't get caught up in a world full of breaking everything down and deciding that in its own wisdom it can be rebuilt. We must always be coming back to, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Where is the truth in all of this? It is what marks us as Christians, is having the Holy Spirit in our lives. Without him, we miss the mark. My third thought for us today, which I kind of started with and, and um, made fairly obvious. Third thought is that he helps. How good is he? He hovers, he reveals, and he helps. I watched 10 lessons on the gifts of the Holy Spirit by Pastor John Finocchio, and I loved the way that he describes the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He calls them the Christian's toolbox, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, the, the Christian's toolbox. Isn't that just such a great picture? And isn't the Holy Spirit now shaping up to be like basically the best person ever? This guy's amazing. And like, you know, I can imagine God, Jesus, Holy Spirit hanging out together and Jesus is like, oh man, 33 years, it was tough being there, you know? fully human with the humans and then the Holy Spirit's like, dude, I've been here 2,000 years or more. Like, come on. He's, he's hard at work, this guy. And he is so kind and is so good. He is just shaping up to be an incredible person. The Holy Spirit doesn't just hover ready to move. He doesn't just reveal to help us navigate through the oceans of lies that the enemy throws at us. He also gives us a toolbox to help us on the journey of discipleship and to build the church, to edify the saints. Too many Christians these days are like the dad that, or, or whoever who goes and buys like all of the tools. You know, I, I see them when I go to... Um, uh, what is it called? Home Depot. You know, you're at Home Depot and there's a guy there and he just doesn't quite fit in and he's looking at different and he, you know, it's like that awkward, like, mm, mm. but you know that he doesn't know what he's kind of mmming about and he's, he's buying things and you know that those things are going to go home and they're going to go into some nice kind of like gallery in the, in the, in the garage and probably, uh, be shown to his buddies every now and then, but they're going to collect a lot of dust because they'll probably never be used. There are people out there like that. 
There are many Christians just like that with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, with the Christian toolbox that we have been given, where the Holy Spirit has given them gifts, is looking to give them more, but the gifts just sit in the garage collecting dust Every now and then, maybe it gets shown to the buddies, but the rest of the time, they just stay there, not doing much. We need to be Christians who access our toolbox, and our tools are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We've got the ministry gifts, which Levi has talked about before. We've got, and it can be described on the hand. We've got the teacher, the little, the little finger, And the reason that's a teacher is because it can get into all of the little spaces and really do a good job of explaining things. Those are people who are writing books on theology and orthodoxy. They're the people who are releasing videos teaching us more about our faith. These are people who are called into this kind of ministry or this office for their day-to-day lives. You've then got someone like me, who is the pastor, the ring finger, married to the church. Just, I don't know, I'm just called to build God's church. I I've known it, I do it, I will continue doing it. That is my office, that's my calling. These are are ministry gifts for people who are called to the office of ministry. Then you've got the uh, evangelist who likes to make a bit of noise and stand out um, and, you know, goes out and, and, you know, perhaps they are running rallies and seeing thousands of people saved every year and they travel and spread the gospel and the good news of of Jesus Christ and come and receive his free you know these are these amazing evangelists then you've got the prophet who points to the future is always pointing to the new things now it's important to understand these are ministry gifts these are in office like you are actually called to this See, for me, I have got a manifestation gift of the prophetic. I I believe that it's a gift the Holy Spirit has given me that I'm active in in moments. But then there are people who literally travel around and they are prophets and, and their words have been proven to be accurate. This is the prophet ministry gift. And then you've got the apostle who is able to access all of those kinds of gifts strong and and usually is planting new churches, starting new things. These are the ministry gifts. There are the motivational gifts, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhorting. How good is that? That encouragement is a motivational gift. Giving, organizing. That's right, organizing, hello, Uh, mercy. And then there's the manifestation gifts, which I'll briefly talk about today. Like I said, there's so much um, teaching that we need around the Holy Spirit, and we're going to do that in a series coming up. But I'll briefly touch on these manifestation gifts. And we find them in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Really important. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given, why? For the common good. For the common good, not to build your own thing. For the common good. To one there is given, and it goes through the different um, gifts, manifestation gifts, which are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith, gifts of healing, working of miracles, 
prophecy, discerning of spirits, different kind of tongues, interpretation of tongues. And then I just want to really dive into this last bit at the end of um, this passage where it's talking about these scriptures. It says, all these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Remember, as we dive into the gifts of the Holy Spirit, as you start to out from this, perhaps go and learn about your own gifts that you have from the Holy Spirit, we must remember that the Holy Spirit is the source of these gifts, the source. It's really important to remember as Christians that he is not separate from the gifts. He is the gift. In fact, when you dive into the word gift in um, the original translation, it's not really the best way to describe it. It's more actually just him. He is the gift. It's just him. It's given to us, but it's him. It's like... Um, so many churches and people, because like I said, the, the Holy Spirit is indescribable. It's hard to explain sometimes. Um, and so we have so many churches who are okay with the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but they don't want the Holy Spirit himself. They think that you can separate the two, but you cannot. That is when we start to work in the flesh that's when, and, and many people at times start to work in the flesh, whether we be trying to build our own ministry, whether we start taking credit for what it is that the Holy Spirit is doing, or whether we're actually just trying to separate them out and say, hey, we'll have the gifts, but we won't have you. That, that is the flesh that is at work, and the flesh feels uncomfortable because it doesn't understand, it kind of is like, what is going on? But we have many churches separating the two, or many people trying to separate the two. It's like, if I was to invite Chris or Jaden over to our house for dinner and I said, hey, can you bring a salad and also bring uh, some drink of some sort, a bottle of wine? And he turns up, they turn up. It's like me saying, hey, thanks so much, man. I'll take the gifts, but um, you can leave now. You, I, don't, I don't actually want you in the house. Like I'll have what you have to offer, but you can stay behind. We can't do that to the Holy Spirit. He is not separate from the gifts. He is the gifts. The Holy Spirit is the gift that we are given. And they are to be outworked in earnest dedication to bring God glory. And really important, to build the church. You heard it. To build the church and to edify the saints. In other words, your discipleship journey is not just about you. That's really important. And the Holy Spirit makes that really clear with the gifts that he looks to give us. He says to us, this journey that you are on as a disciple is not just about you. And we need to have that really clear understanding in our mind as we start to really get passionate about discipleship. Discipleship, the journey of becoming a disciple of Christ, is not some self-help personal improvement program. You will improve, but discipleship and becoming a disciple, it involves others and it is also for others, for the sake of others. It's not just for you and it's not just for me. Ephesians 4, 2 to 12 says, Be completely humble and gentle 
be patient, bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. So Christ himself gave, verse 11, so Christ himself gave the the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. When every person in the church is filled and baptized with the Holy Spirit, has a relationship with him, that person is strong and therefore the church is strong. That person is empowered, therefore the church is empowered. The people are built up and not burnt out because everyone is active in the gifts that the Holy Spirit has distributed. The Holy Spirit knows how to activate the body of Christ so that we are all working well together as one body. But so often we choose to step away and not participate, not be a part of it. Or sometimes um, we choose to step into, our, sorry, out of our grace zone. You've heard that word before, like, oh, you know, stay in your lane, be in your grace zone. But in Romans 16, uh, sorry, 12, Romans 12, 6 to 8, it says this, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. Or if it is to encourage, encourage. It goes on and then it says to do it cheerfully. What is it trying to tell us? It's trying to say, be active in what I've given you. When when the Holy Spirit comes to you and gives to you, be active in that. But stay in that. Don't try and take gifts that you, you don't have yet. There have been so many times where I have been out of my grace zone because I've wanted to step into something, step into a gift that has not yet been given to me by the Holy Spirit. And you know what happens? Flesh. And that moment sucks every single time. We have to be people who are discerning and aware enough, personally aware, what has the Holy Spirit activated in you, gifted to you, and what has he not? Let's all do what we are supposed to do. Let's all be aware of what it is that he's given us and stay in that area that he has graced us with. Eagerly desire the gifts. The scripture is very clear about that, that we should eagerly desire all of those gifts, but be active according to what God has graced you with. Play your part. We are a collective, one body, his body. And if you have found your Christian journey has come to a standstill, things just don't seem to be moving. You feel dry. You feel like, you know, perhaps you're asking yourself the question, is is there anything else? There is always more with God. Yes, we must learn um, to be happy with where we are, to be content with all that he has given us. It's that real like being content whilst also understanding that God has more. There is so much more to learn about God and about his spirit. And if you find yourself being in that place, then can I encourage you? Yes, find contentment when it comes to stuff and relationships. But 
dive into the Holy Spirit. Get to know him. Learn about him. The, the, what is available from the Holy Spirit is it's indescribable. It is indescribable. We need the Holy Spirit. Ruach Elohim. Ruach Hakodesh. The Numa of God is your help along this journey of discipleship. Never forget over your life that he is hovering. He is there. He is with you. That he reveals that in times of confusion, when you're trying to work things out, he is the spirit of truth and he guides the people of God and he helps. He helps us. Pull out that toolbox. Start learning about the giftings that you have. And as I finish, we cannot forget. This is mind-blowing to me. Whenever I talk about the Holy Spirit, mind-blowing. Never forget either that when he lives in us, he brings forth the fruits of the Spirit in our lives too. I mean, literally, this is the best person ever. This, this guy does not stop. It is unreal. It is indescribable. It is powerful. It's beautiful. Literally the best person ever. Galatians 5, 22 to 23 says, but the fruit of the Spirit when he lives in you, the fruit that comes about in your life is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. It is so good. What he brings about, there is no law against it. Isn't he amazing? This Holy Spirit. We have help. You may at times say, help, I'm a Christian. How do I continue on this journey? Be encouraged today. You have help. He is with you and he will guide you and he will create wonderful fruit in your life. He gives you the toolbox to be able to build your life and to be able to build the lives of those around you. Today, um, in a second, I'm gonna pray for people who you don't have a relationship with God, but you'd like to have a relationship with God. Um, but right now, I'm going to get the guys to throw up a QR card, a QR code. Remember those? Everybody's been mocking them lately, but they're not that bad. Um, the guys are going to throw up a QR code, and it's going to take you to a website where you can do a gifts test, a Holy Spirit gifts test. And really, it's just the next step from here. I know that for many of you, you've probably already done it, and this one is very basic but reliable, and it's kind of that first step into really starting to understand yourself. Now, this is not Enneagram. But this is, I, I was about to say something really like cheesy, like spiritual gram, spiritogram. Um, and it helps you to figure out what it is that, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit has given you. And I think that's really important. So from here, uh, if you are sitting there, grab out your phone and I would love you to um, grab that QR code and go to this website and in finishing today, do this test. Figure out what are your strengths, what God has actually given to you, and then start to learn more. Dive into it. Learn more about what it is that he has given to you in your toolbox. If you are here today 
and you don't have a relationship with God, can I just say this? I've talked talk today about the Holy Spirit hovering, revealing, and uh, you know I do believe that right now He is hovering over your life. He is with you. And He has today hopefully revealed some truth that you need Him in your life. The cool thing is that it doesn't stop there. He then helps. And so I would really encourage you to pray this prayer that asks Jesus into your life and as a result, the Holy Spirit comes alive on the inside of you. And it's, it's only the beginning of this incredible discipleship journey. And so if you are going to pray this prayer with me today, and the prayer is very simple, simply invites Jesus into your life. If you are going to pray this prayer, I really encourage you to let one of our hosts know by clicking that button that says, I lifted my hand, so that we can help you on the journey, so that we can walk with you. So the prayer is really simple. By praying it, like I said, you're inviting Jesus into your life and the Spirit of God comes alive in your heart. And, and it really is the start of the most wonderful journey. I'm going to say a line of the prayer and I encourage you to say the line out loud and really pray it from your heart. So every person who's joined with me today, would you close your eyes as we join with any person who's praying this prayer today? And it goes like this. Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for what you did for me on the cross. Today I ask, Forgive me of my sin. Wash me clean. Walk with me. And I thank you that you do. I thank you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus. And every person said, Amen. Amen. Hey, if you did make a decision alongside uh, pressing that button, I encourage you as well to jump on that spiritual gifts test. You might actually find that some of the ministry, uh, sorry, the motivational gifts are actually already alive in your life and you can learn a little bit about yourself as well. Love you so much, church. I hope that you have enjoyed learning about one of uh, my friends today, your friend, the almighty Holy Spirit. He's pretty awesome. And make sure that you join us next week for week six of Dusty Christians. We are so glad you joined us for the Local Church Podcast. To get connected, please follow us on social media and check out our website for groups and other ways to get involved.